Hey everybody, welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from Asian American perspective. It's episode 40. What? Yeah, on this fine fall day. It's finally fall. I know we said it was fall a couple weeks ago, but it actually it wasn't. It really fall. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm your host, Marvin Yue, along with my co host, Christine Minji Chang. What's up? And this week we're joined by Andrew Ahn. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Director, filmmaker of um, the upcoming feature film, Spa Night. I'm so excited. And <laughs> I guess, was it last year's Sundance or this year's Sundance? Your short film, Doll? It's Doll? 2000, 2012. Doll. Tor. Doll. It's weird when You're I like, say it to like, non Koreans, I'm like, Doll. Doll, yeah. Dol. And then with Koreans, I'm like, Tor. <laughs> <laughs> To sound more Korean. Because <laughs> they won't know what you're talking about. What's doll? <laughs> what is doll? Actually, I know what it is now because I watched this short film just to, just yesterday <laughs> in preparation for... Oh, uh, yeah. It is it's a good. Korean first birthday. So it's like a celebration and they like put the kid in this like special really? hanbok. And really uncomfortable traditional outfit yeah. <laughs> that and most babies like, are like... Babies hate it. They just want to take it off. And but then babies, they, babies hate clothes. They hate clothes. They hate hats. And there's that hat, yeah, the cute little you have to hat. Wear a hat. Yeah. But it's really a really huge celebration. So it's a super big part of the Korean community and culture. And then you have this whole shindig where you get to invite all the family and friends. Like, yay. Which is crazy because they also celebrate 100 days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like your sec- second birthday party if it's not. I mean, far be it for us to tell Koreans when they should and shouldn't party. Right? Yeah, no, that's a y- all the time thing. Uh, but then that's when they do the whole celebration of the first birthday and then they do the choosing of the... Of the item of and the whatever item. they choose is like supposed to be their like destiny. future. Yeah, their destiny. So do parents fix the deck then? Do they only put like... A beaker and a book. I've seen that where they like put like giant stethoscope. And like they hide, <laughs> they, they hide the paintbrush behind the desk <laughs> they or might. The, the, the couch. Well, because it's not standardized and there's no like there's yeah. the usual suspects. But like mm. people always put the pencil. They always put money. They'll yeah. put like a, you know, a dollar bill or something. What's that mean? Money's like, like the, you'll be rich. You'll be rich. Like you'll it's be wealthy. It's like a no, I think some. I think they could put like a hundred. If they were really bill. serious about it, they'd put like. A stack of hundred dollar bills. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But they don't. But now they do like they have like golf balls and like, yeah, like yeah. a microphone. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh. They poor, modernized it. Poor baby that picks the microphone. You're doomed. You're gonna do <laughs> to podcasts. a life of podcasting. <laughs> Get your radio voice ready. Enunciate. Yeah. But it was super interesting. Like it's like watching so there's a scene in your movie where mm-hmm. it's like the big feast. Mm-hmm. And everyone's eating out of those tin containers. Mm-hmm. Is that like a really Korean thing? Because like I feel like in Chinese families we just transfer them into plates. Yeah, the, before we serve. Well, it's interesting. I remember talking to a production designer who watched the the film, and and she was like, you know, I really loved the film. I just was really bothered by how they were eating out of those tins. <laughs> and I was like, look, I didn't have a production designer for this, and we were just like. Like, the food that's on the table was the food for the scene, and it was the food for the cast and the crew to eat. (laughs) You know? And, like, we just, like, had to get going, Uh, and, like, the baby was, like, really, like, annoyed. (laughs) And so I was like, no, like... I can't imagine working with kids. It's tough. Infants, yeah. It's tough. It's it's good and and bad, because it's, it's great, because 
kids give the best performances mm-hmm. because they're not acting. They're just like being themselves. Being, yeah. Um, but it's also bad because it's it's like you can't control them. So you kind of have to just go with it. Like yeah. whatever the kid gives you, you know, you have to accept it. And you know, it's this improv off the children. Yeah. No, actually, it's totally improv. Um, <laughs> they're improv. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, no, that that baby in in my short was just like really upset the whole time and like crying and crying and crying. He wasn't happy with his his uh, trailer. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't the flick. The mobile is all wrong. I wanted rocket ships, not birds. He wanted Voss water, not <laughs> Fiji. What the hell is oh that? <laughs> but yeah. No, so, so that. that was... It's not in my tech writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy to think, like, now that baby from my film is probably, like, he's, like, four now. Like, he what? probably wow. talks, you know. It's probably even worse now. Oh, my God. Four-year-olds <laughs> are the worst. Are they? They get... They, they, from like I think two to four, when they start moving around and talking, but not really communicating, they're so. Well, it depends. I've heard, yeah, by her four or five, they become really attentive to your feelings. I've heard some of my friends with like little children, they're mm. like, it's incredible once they become super sensitive all mm. of a sudden. Because the terrible Tuesdays, like, kind of blanket statement they're like it's real mm. and then after that it's like, oh my god they become like yeah. really daddy are you okay here's your whatever like you know yeah. they become, they become really human beings yeah a little yeah. bit a little bit i'm still working on well, that because like, when, you're, when you're like so the way it's explained to me is like when you're two or three and you haven't just like really developed your vocabulary yet or the way to express what you're thinking yeah like your emotions are just like so confusing that yeah. the only way you can express anything happiness sadness anger is by screaming yeah just screaming yeah and some people in la <laughs> like, <laughs> it's interesting though because like uh so i have two nieces from like my cousin's kids and the smaller one is two but she can talk like mm. non-stop mm-hmm. and the older one took until like she was like almost three to like start really communicating and i think it's just because like when you're younger you you have an extra person to like latch on to or right. you know yeah. turn upon and then so you start like learning faster i feel like yeah it's interesting Maybe. like how siblings work well yeah, they say know. that about asian yeah. americans because multiple languages too mm. or just anyone who's bilingual trilingual whatever yeah they're just there's too much coming at you mm. I, I guess I not mean, too much but you like you don't speak until later because mm. you're digesting oh, a lot i guess that's been a theory i mean both the kids can code switch like crazy like they just mm-hmm. depending on who they're talking to they can just mm-hmm. decide like oh you're you look asian i'm gonna talk chinese to you <laughs> oh you look oh. white i'm gonna talk english to you <laughs> That's really cute, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's adorable. I'm a younger sibling. Are Mm. you? I'm middle. Middle. I'm noticed. I have a younger brother. I see. We're on all different positions. We're all different wavelengths. We cover all (laughs) the spectrum. Yeah. I'm middle and I'm the only girl. Mm -hmm. I have two brothers. So that's Mm -hmm. also been interesting, learning how to fend for myself. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I love having brothers, though. I don't know how I'll deal with sisters i wish i had a sister really i have an older brother and i feel like a sister would have been like is this just the gay man part of me like, <laughs> shopping oh my god yeah, it's like i'm not really like a shopper like it's not like i <laughs> i do that but but it's a different it is definitely a different and i think that's for me my brother and i are only three years apart my older brother and I, and then the younger one was 10 years after me mm. but we got to in our older years, for sure, got to learn a lot off of each other. 
And I felt, and I think that's when I was younger, I was a total tomboy because I had my brother, mm-hmm. and I felt a lot more comfortable around guys. To but I was very violent. <laughs> I was like <laughs> had a crush on them, was in love with them, and I punch him in the face or something. You're one of those. I was totally one of those. I got benched because I like the love of my life from sixth grade. I threw a handball at his oh head. Oh my god. I don't know why. He just wasn't paying attention to me. I'm totally surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know? I was also very no, sweet. <laughs> being very sarcastic right now. I was also very sweet. To boys that I liked, but there's always that I don't know. It's when you're a kid too. You don't yeah. know, like guys, boys do that. They push the girls that they like over, yeah. like make their lives miserable. I feel like we do that as adults too. Very like the true. people that we love the most, we like hurt. Or yeah, we, like get angry. Yeah, there's some some. It's a short fuse. Yeah, yeah. There's more too. at stake. Yeah, I don't know. This could be a whole other movie <laughs> that we can make just on siblings. There's, siblings there, are, there, and... there, there are plenty of movies about siblings. Stepbrothers is about step siblings. I feel like there could be more. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like there could always be more. Movies. That can't be the only like. I don't know how many sibling movies are there. There's not there was many. a movie called Brothers, about four adopted bros from Boston oh who god. go on a revenge spree. Oh, for that's the like with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. His head's hurting. Wait, right actually, now. like that, I am trying to think. Like that movie was really... kind of Tyrese is in that. What's a really good movie with... about brothers or siblings? Andre three thousand in that. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. That's so crazy. And I don't remember the fourth. It's also one. semi-pro. He was really good at that. With I Will don't remember. Oh, the basketball movie. Love me sexy. You guys see, remember I, the theme song of that? that no, was, I don't. See, that was a movie where, like, when I watched it with my friends, it was hilarious, and then watched it again with another group of friends, it was terrible. Very true. Oh, so audience just, yeah. matters so much. Very, very true. Yeah. There's so many movies I want to pick your brain about. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? I feel I'm afraid that I'm going to be like I haven't seen it. I, haven't I know seen it. I haven't seen a lot either, but that's why I want to ask you. Just run them all by you. <laughs> just run them through them. We'll do yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, like there's another sort of movie about brothers. The Brothers Grimm. Oh no! Or movies about Such sisters. That movie was that movie was really, really bad. But so <laughs> on Heath Ledger. Was it Emily Blunt in that one? I have no idea who the. Mm. Or am I thinking of Into the Woods? Probably of Into the you Woods. are thinking yeah. of Into the Woods, but oh Heath Ledger. Speaking of which, I was Joker on Saturday. That was I saw. Time. Did you go to a party or something? Not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is you what I do with all the way. Up. I literally spent the whole day doing makeup, and I was up. happy as a clam. And then I took a nap, and then all my makeup was on my pillow. No, I slept that on a towel. Point. Oh. This is the middle of show production. What did you do? Um, I went to the Hollywood Bowl for... What? Um, oh, the Danny Elfman thing? Yeah, it was nice. like the Nightmare Before saw... Christmas. Oh, my God. Like, live music. Yeah. It, was really, it was really fun. It was... Um, uh, I hadn't seen, like, the whole film before. Like, I think oh. I'd only seen it in, like, bits and pieces. And it's really... It's, like, a really beautifully crafted film that's what i've heard know? like it's just really gorgeous the animation and there's all these like kind of like visual gags that i thought were really cute and i feel like i watched that when i was so young that i couldn't appreciate it and then i'm did not... you think it was a scary movie kind of like you i can't was... take yeah you're very i'm not i'm, I'm a total I'm not a scary movie person i'm not and so i think there are elements and like again i had to warm up appreciating like I mean, zombie the, movies or like things with like gore and scary stuff like i just naturally was like get away from mm, me mm. so i think that movie i watched it i don't remember it i think probably i was trying to survive it more than enjoy it <laughs> i remember liking it but i remember being kind of scared because the bad guy's like this big giant yeah. cloth full of bugs so whenever yeah. he has a rip bugs come out you know i mean there it was creatively genius it was beautiful mm-hmm. it's such a work of art but i think yeah. again i was just 
not yeah. feeling it. I remember liking it. And speaking of Halloween, mm-hmm. let's move on to our roundtable segment where we all bring in a story or something that we're into or that we saw that's interesting. My topic is now that Halloween is over, it's November. And all right, let's get real, guys. Let's talk. Marvin's leaning in right now. He's getting upset. All right, America. We got to talk <laughs> about the holiday season. Because the holiday season is Halloween, then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. One in my store just last week, not even Halloween yet, already Santa Claus is everywhere. Of course. Candy canes everywhere. I'm like, it's encroachment. It's, <laughs> you're like, you're not waiting your turn. Thanksgiving hasn't even had the chance yet. Like, what happened to all, like, okay, granted, okay, Thanksgiving decorations aren't that pretty. It's just pretty much dead leaves, right? It's just brown and orange <laughs> leaves and, like, a turkey. Because, like, pilgrims and stuff is, you know. Uh, Thanksgiving is about the food. So the only place yeah. you're going to see the, that matter is in a supermarket. And everyone else, no one cares. They're all, it's consumer just saying, America. Cool it. <laughs> Your roundtable cool discussion it. is over. I mean, <laughs> let the season breathe before you put on your freaking <laughs> Christmas lights and your reindeer. They're already going up, though. <laughs> You'll see it around it's, town. I mean, Thanksgiving is about family do you, and being thankful. Do you have You're like so a, thankful right now. Do you have like a fondness, like a special fondness for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, it was always, Thanksgiving dinner is always bigger than Christmas dinner. Mm. So I'm just saying. Cool it. <laughs> Christmas is a consumer holiday. It's all about just buying shit for your family. Like, let's Everything's how about a consumer we, holiday how about we now. Save, save November to like save some money. You know, you got Black Friday coming up. Use that. That's the kick off the, the Christmas season, really, because that's where you buy your gifts. I'm just saying Christmas is going too far because also encroaching <laughs> to Halloween. All right. Like when I'm out buying Halloween candy, I don't want to look at your Christmas tree. Reese is already out. Marvin takes his holidays seriously. <laughs> Damn. It's not. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, this one right here, my co-host, has been seeing Christmas carols all year round since summer. Oh my goodness! All year round, because oh, they're no. feel-good songs. What's wrong with that? They are part of the problem, yo. I'm not are. part of the problem. I'm why celebratory hate, all year why round. Why do you hate being thankful? I love being thankful. I'm thankful. I force our staff to say what they're thankful for at the beginning of every meeting. So don't ever tell me that I'm not thankfully minded. You're probably whining about that. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. I actually started cooking Thanksgiving when I was 15. So mm. it was actually like my my jam. That is okay. So did, did you guys' family celebrate Thanksgiving? Because I know it's not a very, it's not a traditional Asian family thing. No, it is. I've we, never, I've never seen an Asian we family did it. not. Ours as was, far as I know. Ours was like turkey and or ham. And then it was like With rice kimchi. and kimchi. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. just like it was all together. I have no family because I know everyone gets together. It's like what's on the table might be different, but I think Thanksgiving is always celebrated as far as I know. Yeah, that's I mean, I think for us, it was just well, we had these three days. We're just home, mm-hmm. you know, like what are we going to do? And like for my family, we started our first Thanksgiving was at another family's house. And then we had no turkey, roast beef, the whole like spread. And my dad just went, I can make this better. So the next year. <laughs> Did he? He did. Very nice. So his our spread was always giant ass turkey, big old like prime rib, and then we had um, a tub, always a tub of potato salad, mm-hmm. maybe some stuffing, some um, cream corn, and a Caesar salad. That's the meal. Where yeah. did our parents learn this? 
I have no idea. You know, like, did they, did someone tell them, like, do Asian parents talk? Because <laughs> I'm, like, thinking, or, or, like, was it us? Like, part of me wonders, like, did I tell my dad, like, no, like, look. What about the dinner? Oh, okay. And cranberry sauce. I'm guessing also it's probably prompted by when you go grocery shopping. There oh. is a very heavy emphasis on this is the traditional. That you makes know, sense. And it's all the advertising that you're consuming that passively that you don't even pay attention <laughs> to. And you're like, oh, I need to make a turkey. Well, I see what you're mm. saying. Like, how do you know how to like roast that turkey? Because like my parents' preparation is pretty involved. It involves like chopping them, you know, garlic and like rubbing it like rubbing the turkey with butter and oil and like i i had pretty... google in my day so i don't know oh, i mean this was like i know pre-google though this was I like out of vista days. it's called this was like cookbooks <laughs> <laughs> there are also these things called books. i wonder I guess, if there's like isn't really like an asian technique though i wonder if right? it's like if there's articles in like the korean newspaper <laughs> I'm, i bet you oh my god there must be right you need to like search the archives yeah i kind of want to do that that'd be really interesting i do want to know now now that you've posed this question how did they first i just learn? had a brainstorm for kimchi stuffing i'm gonna try Ooh. just based on this conversation <gasps> anyways know. add a little spam add a little spam. oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm down i'll eat that <laughs> we can do a friendsgiving my thing was that i, I i've always hated celery so I never wanted to eat stuffing because that was such a key ingredient. Yeah. But like, like stuffing celery is like nice and soft. I don't like the like when it's like crunchy. Yeah, you know, no, I know. like it, crunchy and stuff. I like crunchy be... dipped in you know peanut butter. See, That's but fine. you still taste the celery. I don't know. I'm still like trying to be a grown up and accept celery into my life. I mean, you've, I already, know that ex- is... you've already accepted Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are amazing, and though. <laughs> I've always loved broccoli. I just have hated celery. Celery is like a negative food. Like you burn more <laughs> calories eating it. I've heard, yeah. It's all water and It feels like fiber. it shouldn't exist in like, <laughs> through like laws does. of nature. And yet it does. And <laughs> tastes horrible. But you know, no, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm adulting and making up words and accepting celery for what it is. And my mom makes really good stuffing, so I appreciate that. I, she does the stuffing, I put it in the turkey, and then I cook it. <laughs> Although that does slow down the process a lot. Right. That's what I hear. So Just saying, guys. Stuffed. There's another holiday between <laughs> Halloween and Christmas. Let's give it some space, you know? Let's all be grateful. Let's be grateful. Let's celebrate the brown and orange of fall. And like, So I guess, what do you want from I people is my question. I just want them to cool it. We're trying to sell me Christmas before it's time. That's not going to happen, but that's nice that you put it out in the universe. Can Collab Star be Thanksgiving? Christmas carols should not (laughs) touch the radio station until after Thanksgiving, at least. I'm just saying. I know there is no such thing as Thanksgiving songs, but Christmas songs has, you know, got your time and place, man. Did they already start? Probably. I haven't heard any yet. I did see it on my Snapchat. Someone did snap that. There were some Christmas songs. I don't think it was on like full rotation yet, but this was before Halloween, and that's why she posted it. Monica, this is you. Um, she so here's like, the thing, what right? What the hell? It's not right. even Halloween. I, yet. I feel like there's this like people say there's a war on Christmas, but Christmas has has never been more powerful than ever, right? <laughs> think about this. Like I heard this on another podcast I listened to. Do you want but, my like, mic? Because you're yelling today. <laughs> think about it. All right, like Halloween decorations. You leave it up uh, November first. You're a weirdo. You're a freak. What the hell are you doing? But Christmas lights, you can leave on till like March. And it's totally fine. This is true. 
I don't know. I don't know this whole war on Christmas day. I, think, I love Christmas, I think, so I don't. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I put up an Instagram because I went to London in September and I found. Mm. A, did, you, did you watch Love Actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know the opening scene from the movie when they're not the airport, but they go into the mall and it says five weeks till Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I watched sorry. the movie like eleven jillion times, but um, that mall. There's a mall and it's, there's beautiful stringing lights, and then it's it keeps doing a countdown to Christmas. So I went and found that mall. Amongst other places in London, because I was like, oh my god, and um, it's also the mall from Closer. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I found it. I made my little. <laughs> I put my text on it. I was like, "Eleven weeks till Christmas," and I was really excited. So I'm, I'm the arch nemesis of Marvin. Never saw arch nemesis. Really, you're gonna fight me on this? Or holiday? I'm just saying. I Christmas d- now. I, I don't care as as Minji strongly. Chan. Let it be known that Minji Chan is a Thanksgiving hater. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I never said I hate it. I'm the Thanksgiving queen because I make dinner. <laughs> that is my holiday. I'm saying I got nothing but love for Christmas too. <laughs> we should have like a dueling Thanksgiving special for class. See, he's the one who turns everything into a fight actually. So it's really funny. I guess that's how you keep things interesting, right? Apparently. Just argue. It's not, it's not Competitions. He, he, he He's a word twister. <laughs> Whatever that means. What a twist on some words that you just did, word twister twister. You turned my words into something that I didn't mean. That's usually stereotypically the girl's job, but whatever. We are we are not as we do not follow gender norms here. (laughs) Clearly. Is that a good segue into your Uh rant table? Um Or should we talk about mine? I was waiting for someone to say goodbye so I can segue that to hello. Oh, God. But speaking of gender norms, Minji's topic comes from something venom that went... That. Uh, went. Why so sassy today? That went around it? on uh, the, the Facebooks? The social medias this past uh, day. I don't know which channel shared it. I just saw it today, actually. And I want to give a shout out to Ariana Grande, who's been under fire for other behaviors, which whatever, we don't need to talk about. But the specific video that I saw today was actually really interesting. She was on Power 106, which I believe is an L.A.-based radio station. And props to her because she was getting from two different radio DJs getting questions of all sorts of idiot nature. Um Asking like it started off with like if you had to choose between your makeup and your phone, which would you choose? And, like in a fire, and she's like, "What the hell?" She's like, "Is this what you think that girls are constantly fighting?" They're like, "Yeah," and I just I was shocked at how much they were driving this home, and they weren't catching onto her cues of like she was clearly really annoyed. And anyway, it's just really interesting, and they just kept going. It's a really interesting video. It, it annoyed the crap out of me, but props to Ariana. She. She spoke out. I think you guys heard like little bits of mm-hmm. it when I was watching it, but she she didn't like sit there and just smile and what she's like. You guys need to get with the times and like gender equality. <laughs> I don't know. It's part of like my issue with media. So like the danger of that is just you know you get two reactions to it, right? You get the you go girl reaction, like way to stand up to these misogynistic jerks, and you get like why can't you take a joke, right? Yeah, just like. Which is what I've gotten a lot over my lifetime. That's crazy. Do you get that? Like you're just being too sensitive? <sighs> or do you... I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I feel I feel alone sometimes. Mm. I felt alone a lot when I was growing up just because I felt like I was saying things that singled me out as being an overreactor. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's overreacting and there's reacting, right? And there's like, I feel like growing up, there's a lot of people that were around me. Like, there's this overwhelming, just um, I guess, vibe that it's cool not to care. That's like, it's cool right. not to care, right? It's cool to be the person that doesn't care, right? You right. Get, that's how you get, you know, I'm just one of the boys. Like, I'm down with your, you know, dude bro jokes, right? Your misogyny. <laughs> yeah, there's something like there's something about like feeling kind of too cool for school, and then also, um, like there's something about just like not tr- like not being like smart. You know, like not yeah. being too smart. Like you don't want to be a smart aleck. You're being like the nerd or you're like the geek that cares. I don't know. And that's kind of always been my role, I guess. That I don't I don't care about as much anymore. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm like perfectly honest. It's still, I get self-conscious about it. Just because, I don't know. I just feel like in really like overt and subtle ways, I've been given a lot of cues that like yeah it's uh why can't you take a joke or why are you getting so worked up about blah 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 mm. and so that would always make me feel insecure about it or like weird that i'm i'm being an overreactor that right. i i'm i i'm making a fuss when i shouldn't or you know what i'm saying yeah. and i don't think they meant to be mean or anything like that but they're like wow you really like get worked up over blah 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 and i just felt really awkward i, like, I think okay, that's why I'm it's sorry. like i think it's you know, this is one of the, I guess, advantages to having everything being recorded in this, like, day and age is that, like, we can shine a light on these moments, like the Ariana Grande video and be like, hey, like, this happens and she dealt with it, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. And then people can see that and be like, oh, like, I can stand up for myself or I can say this. Like, I, right. you know, it's not overreacting. It's right. like boys being assholes. Right. And that's a funny thing. I didn't put myself in Ariana Grande. Not to say I've, but I wouldn't, on a normal day, put myself <laughs> in Ariana Grande in like the same category for a lot of reasons. But no, I really have, you know. But it's an interesting thought experiment. Like so, like say you do become a super famous actress, right? And you get put on a press tour for your upcoming movie slash TV show, and you have to put up with these morning show jocks. Let's assume in the near future they're still around, right? That. Radio hasn't collapsed and not everyone's been, you know, turned into podcasters and whatever. Um, We're taking over. Coming for you, radio. (laughs) Um, Like, would you, like, well, how would you have reacted to them, too? You know, I think I would have reacted the same at this point in my life, too. At her age, too. Do you know what I'm saying? She's very young. Mm -hmm. And I think if I would have felt everything she felt, but I don't think I would have been as... um, I still, I mean, this like seriously watching that made me replay a bunch of different scenarios mm-hmm. in my head that I right now can look back and be like, I handled those wrong or I wish I had done X, Y, Z. But yeah, at her age, I don't think I would have had the guts to do that. I think mm-hmm. I'd, I'm on public radio. Yeah, it, she's she's embracing her power. She is. She's the star. She's the guest on the show. And she was like talking back and I loved it because she was just like, okay, I just realized I'm not a fan of Power 106 anymore. Like, I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. And like, <laughs> good for her because a lot of other girls would have been like, oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> or like laughed it off, which I've done so many times in yeah. many, many occasions. Well, she's also, like, she's a huge star, right? She's super like, so they're going to play her music no matter what. They're not going to like, oh, you, you've offended us. We're not going to play her music anymore. Right, you know? right. So. She well, has more power in that situation too. Right? I, 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 you know, I bet though that like e- e- even in the past, I bet she's had moments where she like wish she had spoken up because you know, it's like she is a huge star and she's probably had so many of these interviews, right? You know, and, and I think it takes you know it takes a certain amount of 
like experience and courage and maturity that i yeah, yeah. and i was like very go ariana go girl yeah it was a go girl <laughs> moment you know go woman and i guess it comes to show that like you know that that production room probably doesn't have any female voice at all oh, God. if it's... they because like you know like radio hostings it's still a hugely like male mm. thing especially morning shock jock that kind of thing like mm. you know you have your media in general is yeah. this is like you know for i think in all mediums yeah still giant sausage fest i mean look at late night tv it's all dudes too right yeah know? right i'm coming for you late night tv <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about this because Andrew and I have gotten to catch up, you know, before we started recording and things like that. But I've I've wanted to start interviewing friends more just for fun because I, I feel like I get to meet all these really cool people and I want to sit down and get to pick their brains and just be a, more of a trumpet for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why? I don't know. It's just it all drives me nuts. And the fact that I would want to start if I wanted to YouTube, which I actually do plan to do. For the production side, like that's one ball of stress, as you know, mm-hmm. editing and sound and all that yeah. stuff. But then on the other hand, it's like you put in all that work, you put something up and you somebody doesn't agree with you and you get trolls of a different nature, species, caliber when you are female. It is a fact. And I've asked questions because I've gotten to know so many different artists, different mediums. I just can't. I don't know if I, I don't want to deal with that. And I, I haven't even started yet. You just have to just not care about what people say. Good Ugh, luck. It's so hard. Good it's, luck. Yeah. Like, right, right. So the internet is interesting because it has this like amplification effect for the vocal minority, right? Most people are totally okay with you, maybe even like you, but they don't feel the need to, you know, chime in. Mm-hmm. It's the people, it's the few people who like really just like are just horrible human beings or just like getting off on like being terrible like the worst they're like just you know the worst people ever (laughs) um they're the ones that will be like on your on your comments commenting on like you know shut up or go make me a sandwich or like all those like really trolly no it's worse than that though that's like rated g troll like (laughs) i'm talking about the real trolls that do rape threats and Mm. talk about you know, it's completely unrelated to, and this is the difference between what a lot of male content creators will face versus a female, that mm. they will get all kinds of comments of like who people, people who think that they have free right and responsibility on behalf of men to comment on, on anatomy or like the ability to perform sexual acts. I see this stuff all the time, you know, and this is mm. stuff that. It's on a makeup artist, you know, like they're teaching a girl how to contour their face, which like, and it's just, oh, it just drives me nuts. So yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. This is not a judgment on female content. I'm like, I don't want to join in on that. Yeah. Like, yeah, let me be part of that party. <laughs> you know, like, where do I sign up? <laughs> I'd rather not want to, you know. So yeah, I mean, that, that just comes down to, you know, is that worth dealing with to get your stuff out there? Right. That, that voice is disappearing so rapidly. So, yeah, I do want to put my stuff out there. But I'm fully aware and I'm just dreading. I want to expect it, but it's like... Mm. Yeah. I think there is, like, for any, like, media maker, there's a certain amount of, um, like, courage it takes to put yourself out there. Right. And you've done that so much with your stories. And, like, I can't even imagine. Like, my one's little 
project that I I had like a stroke of. <laughs> like but I think this is I think this is like the great thing about like like the Asian American community and especially you know like organizations like you know collaboration or like visual communications is that like like for a little while like you can be protected and you can be sheltered and kind of figure things out and have people be like yay like you're asian and making something yeah (laughs) you know like you feel really good about it and then you know like you put yourself out kind of in the in the greater world yeah like with a you know kind of more um like more armor you know like more ability are you feeling more armored are you is that has that been like I guess the progression of like uh, of the films that you're making to feel just that much more confident or like shielded, like you can't. Well, we're going to talk more about that stuff after <laughs> okay. the break. I, w- I mean, we before the break, we want to jump into Andrew's topic. Yes. Okay. Um, which should I describe it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. Just like- why, why don't you lead us into it? Because I I was trying to think of a good segue. <laughs> and it's went blank. It's just there's 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 no gentle way to segue into heartbreak. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I was gonna talk about um, uh, about Adele's new single. Hello. Hello. Um, you want to? No, I won't. I won't do that. I'm sorry. I won't do that. Um, and how like okay. the video went like mega viral, and I was like reading it like was the second fastest video on YouTube to reach like a hundred million, and like the first was um, like size follow up to Gangnam Style, mm-hmm. and. Like, I remember watching the video, and I don't really watch music videos, Mm -hmm. but there was something about, like, the frequency in which it was being posted on Facebook where I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And got sucked into the social media. People are super into it. People love it. And I think it's, like, a really... I I like the song. Um, I will say it's, like starting to feel like a parody of Adele where it's just like, (laughs) I'm going to sing a sad song and you're going to (laughs) cry, you know? Um, But the video is like mega epic, you know? It's like wind. Yeah, the wind is very, very... You go into the dusty house and like you're like remembering like... So no one moved into this house. Like no one touched the house since they left it. And then, okay... I'm gonna spoil this music Who does video. That? But the last everybody's she, seen it. She Marvin. looks out the window everybody's and the dude's out it. there. Was that the flashback or is that present time? That's at oh. the end. That's a present time. So she goes oh, to really? this dusty house. So. Oh, well. and then the dude is like outside calling her the whole time, or like. No, I What's... think they are meeting at the house. I think that, but he shows up at the end when he's out. When she looks out the window, he's yeah, there. He's with like the on the phone, like nah, like just shaking his head, right? <laughs> yeah, I and, don't actually. I question mark. Fl- I don't know. And he has a flip phone. I mean, she has a flip phone, right? Like that. Well, was... she has like the old cord phone. Like, is it, does, it, does this movie take place in the, like the eighties or the nineties? Well, so that was vintage. Yeah, oh, I guess yeah. it's like they took care of that with a sepia tone, like know. filter. But like the other crazy thing about it is that the f- the director um, Xavier Dolan, he like he's like a really big director. Like he won Cannes last year, and like they shot the film, they shot the music video on imax like part of it's on imax which is like insane because no one's gonna watch it on, on imax. imax actually would that be crazy if like Finally, you went to the amc watch this five minute adele music video on imax <laughs> you know with 
like THX like <laughs> Dolby God. surround sound. Oh like Adele. I forgot about that. Yeah, surrounded it was IMAX, by Adele. IMAX music video, which is like so unnecessary because everybody's watching it on their phones, right? <laughs> like that's that's as big as it's gonna. You get. You could have shot it with an iPhone. Yeah, would have been perfectly. It would have been totally fine. <laughs> you can't put a limit on artistic ambition. I kind but that of inflates the budget a little bit. <laughs> Andrew's like, oh my god, it's in, I mean, it's Adele. That's true. I mean, like she can. Everything it. is big with Adele. She like everything is just grand and loud, and that girl can sing. I'm just saying. It's she true. There is something about like her voice that's just like inherently sad, right? Yeah. And I think people love that. Like, there's something it's about like a, yeah. wanting to feel sad. It's like yeah. a grand, like melancholy, which is different than like. Honora Jones, which is just like she's very melancholy. She's pretty melancholy. She's very like wistful. <laughs> she she's kind of this melancholy. Like become like SAT class, but like on a spectrum. Like, I'm saying she's not. Like, it's way Adele's like way. You know, she's Adele's got like I'm so sad, and, and like Nora Jones is like I'm really sad right now. <laughs> Guys, okay, so back to I the, can't even. So the music video. So mm-hmm. you. Like, what were your thoughts after the, it was finally, like, at the closing, when you finally got your six minutes of yeah. this video? How did you feel? Well, I think, like, well, so so this is what I think about music and music videos a lot, or, like, pop music, is that um, they're really, um, people see themselves in it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's actually what gets the emotion like, kind of welling up inside you, is that you start to kind of remember... You. You yeah. and, and things that you've done in the past or that you've experienced. And so, like, the songs are kind of, like, just doing, like, half the work, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you're putting in the rest of it. Well, I mean, that's why always artists are always annoyed when people say, what's your song about? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, because, they, like, they're intentionally, like, pop songs are, like, intentionally a little vague. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, like, you To be can... more universal, I, exactly. I would yeah. imagine. I mean, why people... can't that guy feel his face? I don't know. <laughs> He's drugs? still been he's been asking this for weeks. Why can't he feel his face? Oh my god. Anyways. That took me half a second to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but yes. Okay, so your take on the video, yay or nay? I mean, I think it's a little pretentious and crazy, but I will also say that like Adele's super beautiful. Oh my god. And like I oh kind of wanted to be her for Halloween. Like I was going to get like a fur, <laughs> a faux fur jacket and nice. then like a wig and then just like put my hands near my face the whole time. She's so, yeah, you could just walk around doing that the entire time. <laughs> and then like my friend was like, oh, I was going to be Drake from like Hotline Bling. So many, yeah. there were so many Drakes last Saturday. I saw a lot of um, many Drakes. emotions. Us- Oh yeah, what? a lot of from inside out. From inside out, yeah. oh, joy oh. and sadness. It was so oh. adorable. I saw a lot of emotions. I saw a lot of yeah, a lot of Drakes. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Drakes on social media. I didn't see them in person very much. Mm. But that would have been amazing if you. Why didn't you? Why weren't you Adele? You could have been Adele at the Danny Elfman concert. <laughs> I think it was just too. Oh my god, this beautiful oh my music. God. <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas. She's Hello. Um, no, I just think uh, it, it takes me a lot to like get into something mm-hmm. and i was just i just wasn't feeling a costume 
And also, like, it's just, like, effort. Like, where was I going to get a wig? And then I would have to do makeup and, like... That's the best part. I, I would have done so. your makeup next year. I got you. Awesome. Andrew. Perfect. I did my other friend Andrew's other Jared Leto Joker makeup, so I got you. What did you think of the video? I was so swept up in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt like it just sounded like an Adele song, right? But I think that's what people want. They that's want that, true. and it's her comeback. She hasn't made a new song in a while. So it's her album, 25. Isn't that a little disappointing, though, that like she hasn't made music in a while, so like, oh, maybe something new, and then it's like the no, same thing? No, I, I think from certain artists, you want exactly what you want from them, which they're known for. I think Adele <laughs> is the person that you want to hear something that would rip your heart into a million pieces. Yes. That's so cathartic. I think That's why I've been in love with pop culture, pop music, pop, like with film. It's always oh, yeah. a vehicle to like, not validate, but just like, feel your feelings right yeah i guess i've just never been a ballad type of guy you're not yeah i'm not i'm a total ballad kind of you're not an emotion person (laughs) why are you crying no i have emotions shoot i'm curious though if you were so if you were you saying that you think that the video was arrogant and pretentious Oh, are you saying? Well, no, no, yeah, like way to put him on the no, spot there, too. No, why? <laughs> I want to. He's the director. He's a filmmaker. I want to know. Like, I just think it's really. I didn't really pay attention to it when I, I think first it's really crazy that you're gonna shoot something on IMAX that's gonna be watched. <laughs> like, I, I keep going that's back really to this true. point. I keep going back to this, and it's also just like there's a part of me that's like all you wanted to do was have leaves blow around Adele you know <laughs> like you like you didn't really try that hard but then it's also like you didn't have to try that hard because it did like it totally gets to what it needs to do and people watch the video and you know and I'm wondering my bigger question after that my follow-up question is if you were director of the video <laughs> I'm just like what would I do Yo, that's what I'm curious about I don't know I think music videos are really tough because it's like I think there's a part of me that would want to try and tell a story but like it's actually really hard to tell a full story you know like in in such a short amount of time and and it's also you know it's a really different way of thinking about like image making because you know, when I'm making my own films, it's like, okay, like, how do I get my story across? And this is like, it's it's actually kind of more of a platform or like a frame for the music. You right, know? right. So it's like, you have to think about something else, like some some other purpose, you know, for it. And then it's also like working with another artist, you know, it's a really, that whole like collaboration and figuring that out is, is really tricky i wonder i really wonder what i would do i just think it's like really funny how she's like at the beginning of the music video like hello (laughs) can you hear me now and it's just i'm like it's like a verizon commercial (laughs) you know with your flip phone with your flip phone interesting but yes yeah i just i would love to pick the brains of multiple and that's really interesting that's why well from my first project i did a music video because this one particular song spoke to me and i had Mm. envisioned xyz in my head when i heard it so i'm really curious when and i think that's the way my brain works maybe i'm more suited for music videos which is a totally different medium than doing a short like a narrative Mm -hmm. but i want to ask all my director friends now like what would you have done and not even for that video Mm. like all these other ones yeah yeah all right we gotta take a break right now but we'll be right back um, with more from andrew
And this episode is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and creative fields. Uh, we got a couple great events coming up, including an open mic next Wednesday, uh, <laughs> November 11th at Boston University. Uh, it's a collab between Collaboration Boston and SACE. More details at the Collaboration Boston Facebook page. Check it out. And finally, next week, dun, dun, dun. it's Collaboration Star taking place November 14th at the Arotani Theater in downtown Los Angeles. We've been talking about this show for a long time. It's been literally killing us. <laughs> Covered in our blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> but we get we got a great show for you guys. Six finalists from around the nation competing for a $10,000 prize. We got the Kinjas from Blasi from ABDC. Mm-hmm. And we got D.A. Frampton's Arches coming in, performing a couple songs along with a live orchestra. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be conducted by George Shaw. It was crazy. I was telling somebody, and uh, they were. it was somebody that I didn't know through collaboration. They are like, George Shaw! And he's got a big following, George, FYI. Yeah. He's You're composing uh... <laughs> Star Wars musicals and whatnot. Yeah, and... Um... And an epic collab by collaboration alumni supporters. You got MC Jin, Tim B. Toad, AJ Raphael, um, former members of Kai, and One Voice, AC Lorenzo, and Amory Sir. Ultra throwbacks. <laughs> and uh, also Jun Sung An and Travis Atreo also performing. It's going to be pretty amazing. These are like one of those once in a lifetime performances that you don't want to watch it on YouTube, guys. You want to be there in person. Yeah, so tickets are on sale now at star.collaboration.org. Get them now. They're gonna they're going fast, so <laughs> you don't want to miss this amazing show. There's going to be uh, for VIP ticket holders a pre-show uh, VIP reception brought to you by Pandora, as well as an epic after party after the show. So come have fun with us. Lots of epic things in this. And lots night. of epic things. <laughs> yes. Um, finally, if you have any questions, comments, feedback for us, please send us an email at podcast at collaboration.org um, we always like reading your questions on air and answering them in addition if you're subscribed to us on itunes just give us a give us a good rating um you know just giving us a, doesn't matter if it's five or four or three or those other numbers but just giving us a, a, some engagement will actually help us with our ranking numbers and get us out to more ears um, also, you know, if you like what you hear, just share us with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. One more thing. If you are interested in writing for the Collaboration blog, please email blog at collaboration.org. Um, we have a lot of really amazing up-and-coming writers and blossoming editors, people who are really contributing to, you know, shaping the voice and sharing a lot of these amazing stories. So if you're interested in writing for the blog, please email blog at collaboration.org. Um, and finally... Minji, I noticed that you're wearing some collaboration gear. I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about our wonderful merchandise offerings at Gummy Mall? <laughs> we have a variety of T-shirt designs. Actually, the one that I'm wearing is is was custom made for me by Deep Fried Productions. So thank you. Shout out to Daniel. Um, but uh, yeah, if you would like to support the movement by getting yourself some collab swag, we have shirts for sale, and that's all available through our website. If you yeah. go to the menu or you can go straight to our store at gummymall.com slash collaboration we got t-shirts sweatshirts um, sweatshirts are also very it's timely now that it's sweater colder. weather yep um, some tank tops if you you know in Hawaii or like from the Midwest and don't get affected by cold and some awesome um, cell phone covers so yeah 
check us out check out our merch um and you know if we see you wearing our stuff on the street we'll give you a high five guaranteed all right now back to the show and we're back yay hi <laughs> welcome back to the Clubcast. i'm here with my host christine mitchie chang i'm marvin yoy and our guest is andrew on filmmaker director well, extraordinaire sundance director right sundance yeah. awarded like the dancing well, I was there. sun <laughs> was there? i was there i had a film sundance there. selection selected yes selected sundance person director it's <laughs> a formal title sir undance that was, selection that was a terrible pun <laughs> How was that? <laughs> um, it was it was good. It's it's interesting because it's been a few years now, um, and I've been wanting to go back um, to the Sundance Film Festival, um, you know, just to see friends' films and to see films that have, you know, um, I've heard about uh, like premiere, but. I've always been like, oh, if I go back, I want to go back with my own film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, it's a really interesting place because um, it's all film all the time. Like, you can't relax in a way because you're always kind of surrounded by, you know, people talking about film or who work in film. You know, I remember... Um, like even on the shuttle, you know, like going from venue to venue, like everybody on that, you know, bus was either a filmmaker or a programmer or an agent. And then like even at dinner, like I was always like, I need to have screeners in case someone, you know, overhears me talking about my film. You yeah, know, so here it is. <laughs> I know. I mean, you kind of were like, so you're just always, always on your A ready. game, basically. And so I would get, come back, shop, right? Yeah, it's a lot of talking shop. It's a lot of talking shop. I would come back to my my um, like we did like a, a house rental, and I would come back to my room, and I would just be exhausted. <laughs> like I just had to like flop onto the bed. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting, you know, going as like an Asian American filmmaker and. Um, kind of like seeing a little bit of like the the presence, you know? So like when I was there in 2012, it was funny, like, so Phil Yu like featured me on Angry Asian Man as like an angry reader of the week. And that was really awesome. And I was like, Phil, like, are you going to be there? Because he goes sometimes and he's just like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, we've been trying to make a trip out there for like the last two years. Mm-hmm. I would like to go. Hasn't really materialized. Well, I think, you know, like uh, Asian American films have been really kind of coming up, you know, and, and there yeah, the, were a few films last year at Sundance that, um, advantageous, you know, right? That was advantageous one and, yeah. and soul searching was also there. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's something that, um, the American independent film world is, is like really looking at. Cool. Um, and so, you know, when I went, it was actually before, um, Sundance had this like relationship with, um, a three, um, and Phil n- Fung. Yeah, yeah, and now they have like a really um, awesome uh, kind of um, initiative to help Asian American filmmakers make um, Asian American films. Right. And, and so I think it's it's really exciting, and you know, I definitely hope to to go back and, and see more and 
you know, not feel like, oh, it's the only short film, you know. Did you, did you feel that? So were you, how, I, I'm curious to know, number, from what you saw visually or like just being there, were you, did you have company? You know, there's actually, there's another short film in animation that um, was uh, by a Korean animator who went to CalArts with me. Um, and so we, we knew of each other and, and actually we uh, got to, to be friends, you know, at the festival. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm trying to think, like, were there other live-action Asian films? I think there might have been actors in some, but it wasn't, like, specifically about, like, Asian-American identity. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, and I think that was the really cool thing about a lot of the press that I got was that, it, you know, Asian-American blogs and, you know, like, um, yeah. the Korean newspaper were, like, uh, they're, like, writing about me. Yeah. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty awesome because you know, um, I mean your your films also have an extra dimension of you know like having gay characters that mm-hmm. you know in the Asian world is not necessarily one hundred percent accepted yet. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's cool that the traditional like mediums are still able to rally around you know having a Korean American in Sundance was like a huge deal, right? Yeah, it was it was it was cool and actually like I didn't get much backlash, you know, um, you know the. Uh, everybody was like super supportive and every you know all the press coverage was like really positive um you know kind of the the worst I got was that I was at a screening here in LA for the film and you know during uh the last scene of the film where you know my main character and his his partner you get to see his butt right well no 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 you just you just see them making out in the shower Did I make up that know? butt part yeah, I, think, saw, but... I think you were wishing it. Making <laughs> <laughs> um, scenes up. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, it's it's actually like, it's a very tender and actually kind of turns into a, a, a little bit of a tragic moment. But this one guy, an Asian American guy in the audience who sat right in front of me, he like kind of jokingly blocked his eyes and like giggled with his friends. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I was so offended, you yeah. know, like I was just like, what about seeing two guys kiss like is funny to you you know and Mm -hmm. and you know he was just like oh I was just joking and you know it just really really upset me because part of it was like you didn't watch my film like you like covered your eyes (laughs) what the hell like rude it was like just rude as a film goer you know yeah And, and then there's another part of me that was just like oh like you know a few years before if I had seen that happen, I probably would have let it like really get to me mm-hmm. and it really like it would have sunk in and kind of like added to this just internalized homophobia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of gay men kind of have to like overcome. And so I was just like that. That was the moment for me where I was like, I'm going to make lots of gay Korean movies, <laughs> you know. I was like, I'm going to make lots of gay Korean movies until people stop acting like this, you yeah. know. Because that's a brand new subject, which is why I'm, you know, very honored to know you because we've had talks about art and and the power of the medium and everything like that. It's extremely powerful because if you tell a story well, like we're saying, like in so many different ways, the different touch points that we find with whatever story is being told, we put ourselves in it and Mm -hmm. and, and it, it humanizes. That's what the great thing about it is and the scary part about it is it humanizes your experience to this completely foreign experience that you didn't make such a personal connection to before. And right. now all of a sudden like, Oh, so 
you know, now that my eyes have been open, you can't unsee that. And you're like, okay, so there's <laughs> lots of there's lots of people around me who might be who might be gay and I just don't know it yet and I'm making all these cross jokes and whatever and that's happens all the time still mm-hmm. in the Korean American community I'm yeah. sure in the Asian community I've heard so many Asians say like they don't have gay people mm-hmm. in <laughs> their country or whatever including my cousin said that about Korea you're wrong um, <laughs> yeah and there's there's also something about like like Asian American culture can can sometimes be like a little broy you know like there's this kind of like overcompensation for um like emasculate you know like um what's the word masculation like yeah yeah just general media perception of what asian males are like right. you know you don't see many like hunky hunky yeah hunky guys unless they're like man, unless right. they're you know, like quotes. some crime boss or martial artist right. or henchman like normal dudes are like skinny thin like kind of not a guy. Which is not right? as desirable to the heterosexual community, I guess. But I think so so for me there's this this kind of um kind of thing to push against. And what I find really funny is so with my upcoming film, like it's actually a lot about like this kind of good looking guy, you know, like kind of finding his physicality. You know, it's it's about kind of um you know, like realizing that other people find you attractive and it just so happens that this takes place at a spa and it can be kind of scary, um, you know, for this particular character and kind of where he is in his life. But, you know, for me, it's just kind of, I, I feel like with Asian American media, it's just like the the diversity of voices. Like if you get a queer voice, like that shows something about our community. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you have a female voice, that shows something. If you if you have second gen, third gen, like yeah. just having yeah. more diversity and realizing that like we're not all the same. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that we can't make assumptions about who we are. Right. Um, like that's really, that's really important. And I, and I think that that's the hard part about being um, on the vanguard of like making something about a community is that like suddenly like what you made becomes like the only thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like with like fresh yeah. off the boat. Like we have a term for that called rep sweats. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, like we should just keep making more so that like more not people, all of the hopes and dreams of the community. Right. Are on are one, on this thing. one thing. Like more people should be working Please. more. That's why, you know, like organizations like Kate, they're trying to get more writers in the writing room. Which is awesome. To get more, yeah. You know, I think their like, writer's fellowship is coming up, FYI. I yeah. think there are deadlines in December, which I actually want to try to nice. take part of. <laughs> Follow Andrew's footsteps. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like I said, I saw your movie, Doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> this past oh. weekend, you know, I thought, you know, you captured that kind of tension really well because like, nowhere in the, in the entire film do your characters announce that, by the way, we're gay. They just are. They just are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, during the, you know, the scenes with the family, it's just like, you can see that tension between, you know, the brother, the sister-in-law and like the, the parents. But like, you don't get that, you know, that conflict that, you know, less, I guess, less skilled filmmakers would have gone for. <laughs> I don't know. But well, yeah. You know, it's interesting to me, and this is true with, with Tor and with um, no. Spa Night, yeah. mm-hmm. um, is, is that like, they're both in ways coming out stories, um, but there's something about like coming out, you know, and like, f- like actually saying the words that for me is, you know, like that's not the most dramatic moment actually, you know, like 
I, as a gay man, most of my life is actually um, like not coming out, you know, like most of the interactions I have with people, it, it's, it's not announcing my sexuality. It's, it's actually this weird kind of like um, hiding, revealing, you know, in little ways kind of game. And so that, that's really what I was kind of going for. And I think that it's true that, that there's this tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that like, as like a gay Asian American, you, you, you kind of start to realize that there are some spaces where you can be more open and then there are other spaces where you're not. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that kind of navigation is yeah. is really difficult and can especially, lead to a lot of drama yeah especially when it's like the place that you're not is your family who you're right. supposed to be closest with right 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 yeah. and, and there's a lot of like i think that in of it's that's that's a whole other it's a really big touch point for everybody because i think the whole family dynamic whether you are gay or you are this is this is so funny i'm sorry this just reminded me of a conversation i had with a friend whose brother happens to be gay and just came out to his family which was really really difficult for him and that's the thing that he cared about most and he didn't care about anybody else like he i don't care who knows or doesn't know but my family like it just feels like the lie is bigger Mm -hmm. with them that like i'm supposed to like we're blood and that we spend all this time together and you don't know this big who i am you don't know who i am so it was just funny because the only thing touch one that i can relate to that is like Acting. when i came out as an actor <laughs> and i was like recall and i was sharing i was like i can't even imagine the gravity because okay i also had like a really bad relationship when i was a teenager so i spent a lot of time lying about who i was and what i was doing so i definitely relate to that but the acting thing when i <laughs> to tell my parents that i was quitting my cushy corporate job in san francisco pursuing collaboration and acting i just about like again i was having a stroke and every time i thought about it it would give me anxiety i would have palpitation it just caused so much stress Mm. because the degree to which they would be disapproving i already knew you know again it wasn't as bad as i thought at the end uh because they appreciate that i was honest with them but still that build up that's the old that's the only place that i can begin to understand how having something secret and feeling like you're not being yourself and in that way i'm like Oh my God! Like tell tell your family, like let it out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I will I will hold your hand because yeah. to whatever degree I can understand it this much. You know, I, it's probably like so, man should have known when she picked that movie up. I know at her doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she chose the microphone, chose the camera. <laughs> well, Damn I, it! <laughs> so so this is I mean that that was something that I thought about a lot with 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 the total ceremony is like this question of like expectation, like mm. you, you like what are your what what are your family's expectations for you? And that's actually exactly what a dole is, is that like, oh, you like choose something and they expect it. Right. And so, you know, so it's much pressure for a baby. All so their hopes and dreams are upon like, that it, moment. I just like it because it was shiny, <laughs> you know, and then colorful and, and made noises. <laughs> it's like I just grabbed. Um, but yeah, no, there's like, um, it, it's this thing about, and I think it's doubly complicated for second generation Asian Americans because like, you, you know, your parents came here with expectations for their lives and for your life. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, if you don't meet up to their expectations, you feel like, you know, like it's like they didn't have to come all this way and like uproot their lives. It's this really difficult kind of um, place. And, and and I think it's interesting when you said it wasn't when you told your parents that you're going to be an actor, that it wasn't 
like as bad as you thought it would be because there is some like about building up this paranoia yeah. that, and fear also the way I went about it I wasn't 100% honest so I have to put that <laughs> I said I wanted to work in film I did not say because oh. my dad likened being an actor to being a prostitute so just and he still kind of does so I didn't again I, I mm. had to like in pieces so this was one like three so, four years ago actor director no, no i said <laughs> i'm just gonna, i want to work in movies i want to make movies that's what i said i want to be i want to be in filmmaking yeah. which is true and i do want to do a lot of things besides acting as well but yeah that's yeah. the way i approached it mm. so it's it is this whole thing of like how do i handle this conversation that i you already inherently know the reaction is not going to be good or like they're not going to be jumping out of the seats going yeah you know <laughs> but then, i mean that goes on to a whole wider just range of just these expectations are like literally killing people, mm-hmm. you know, at mm-hmm. in schools and stuff. Like, I, you know, you hear about, you know, people jumping off buildings. Like, it's in crazy. front of subways. Yeah, and Korea has the most what the highest suicide rate per capita, I think. Yeah, which is it's, horrible. And I, th- I think it's a really, um, it's really scary, you know, that like young kids can feel, you know, like the way society you know um views them and and it's just so so unfortunate and and i think that's why you know it motivates me to to keep making work and and i i think it's there's there's this question every time i think of a film idea or every time i see a film too i I wonder like well what what what's its meaningfulness like why why does it exist in this world and Mm -hmm. and you know like entertainment is is meaningful like i totally get that but it's it's like does this film have something else? And sometimes I'll watch a film that doesn't quite work and it's boring or it's a mess dramatically. But I'm like, the filmmaker was trying to say something and the filmmaker was, was you know, trying to communicate an idea um, that isn't communicated very often. Like that to me, I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to like your film, you know, like yeah. it, it means something. Right. And that's really, a, I think that's very... For like like very noble to back someone's effort whether you feel like it worked 100% or not and I feel like there are a lot of these projects that are made you know it's an industry so there's a lot of projects that are made because they know it's a surefire well actually this day and age there's no such thing no. as a surefire hit you could put throw a bunch of celebrities in one thing which I'm seeing a lot on Redbox by the way I just like how there's when a, did these movies get are, made so there are a lot of movies that get made but somewhere along the t- time between finishing and distribution, like certain actors get like you know into a scandal or certain like metrics or certain like themes don't aren't as marketable, and they just go straight to DVD because they already made this movie. Yeah, actors are all paid. But then they you start know, with this budget. Usually, when you have to start pitch for a movie, like you have to get a marketing budget, don't yeah. you? Like, so isn't that part of it? And it's just but they at don't some point, it? at some point, getting it on the screens isn't worth it. Like people are going to watch the movie, you're going to find it on DVD. Or they're gonna mm-hmm. find on demand. So let's just get on it Netflix. out there, get as much money back as possible. Because we, if we put this out on screens, we're not gonna make that money back at right. all. So right. might as well cut our losses and just get it out. Just bizarre. Right? I mean, there's stuff because, that's just yeah. I mean, because at that point, everyone's already been paid. Like the whole budget, like you know, all that's left is recouping the cost. <laughs> like, oops, you know. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. Like this past weekend, exa- especially like a lot of movies that had surefire hit leads bombed. The Bradley Cooper movie. What Bradley Cooper movie? Burnt. He plays a chef. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bradley. Yeah. You're lovely. Well, I Sometimes. think that's yeah. that's that's the thing about um, 
Hollywood's changing. Oh my god. Well, I mean, part of it's based on how we watch films now, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and less and less people going to a movie theater. Um, and or like you only go to movie theaters to watch like the big right. you know, poles, like the Avengers or the the Marvel DC IMAX whatever movies. movies. IMAX, Adele music IMAX, videos. IMAX, music videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, like a lot of them were indie films, like independent, like smaller, not even indie films, like smaller, like genre films are either just getting like limited releases or just going straight to on demand because that's mm-hmm. where people who watch it will watch it. Yeah. Right. But, but I also feel like the power of the word of the mouth and that's where I think where the art can really speak through. It can it can take something that is really obscured by all these like big budget celebrity filled projects to say this movie is just so freaking good. You have to watch it. And that's where the power of sharing is and I think that's what maybe a lot of studios are trying to like guarantee by having a celebrity, right? But it's still not guaranteed cuz it could be a total flop. I mean, it's not even a celebrity. It's like even like Oscar, like best movie films are made for that award. You can tell they have like, right. there's a formula now. Yeah. We take a uh, impactful historic event or a biopic and we make it super dramatic. And people are like, oh, I'm so moved by the story. And then that's why they always come out in November. October, Maybe November. Most. Yeah. I'm wondering, well, my question mark just from recent because I can't do every single Oscar nominee. Was it Nebraska an Oscar nominee? Maybe it was, but I don't think it was ever gonna win. <laughs> it wasn't gonna win, but like, yeah. how did it get nominated then? I don't think it was made for the Oscars. There, it's there, a very I mean, there good are movie. always exceptions to the rule, but look yeah. at the vast majority. But I'm saying, yeah, that, vast like, majority, you, but I don't think like you can won. look at the trailer and just tell that like, this is like that's what they're getting. That's for. what we're going for, right? Yeah. This is yeah. the, the tone. And like, I, I, I think Danny that like the sea or the I think Heart of the Sea. What? There's that Ron Howard movie that's coming out, The Heart of the Sea or something. I don't know. Yeah. With Anything him. by Ron Howard, Spielberg, right. Pac- not, not Pacino, Scorsese. It's like Oscar bait. Yeah. yeah. Well, Oscar I, bait. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to go back to what you were saying, Marvin, about like actors, you know, like to have an actor that is going to guarantee a certain amount of money or box office, like I, that's actually the craziest thing. And it's, it's the unfortunate thing where like kind of Hollywood perpetuates the kinds of films it makes just like over and over and over again because you know i remember with spawn i like talking to potential you know investors and they're just like well you need a big star and i'm like well who's the big star in this film who's going to give you know that's going to give our film box office you know like Swag. yeah like there's there's not and so there's this unfortunate thing where it's like well i'm sorry andrew I'm no <laughs> yeah that's the thing like you know a lot of the numbers come from data. There's not enough data on leading Asian Americans mm-hmm. in the box office. Mm-hmm. So when they look at when they punch in those numbers, they're gonna see only like supporting character numbers, not really leading man numbers, right? And I I think yeah. like for me that's why um, I think that a lot of people like society in general views like watching movies as like escapism, um, and I I feel like you know, with novels, like there's a different kind of view of them. Like, it's like, oh, like if a novel is like challenging, people still like read them. I just remember like talking to um, some new people that I met and, you know, uh, we were talking about like what our favorite books were and like they were like really academic, like heavy, you know, books that like even for me were just like very advanced. Mm -hmm. 
And then we talk about our favorite movies, and they're just like, oh, like Jurassic Park. (laughs) You know, like I really loved, you know, uh, like like Step Brothers or something. (laughs) And I'm just like, like it makes me sad that like films can't be viewed in kind of the same way, that like a film can't be challenging. And so for me, it's like, oh, like if, if we just really championed more challenging films we could get more diverse films right i think i mean yeah so i only talk about this because i just watched it last night but like one of my favorite films ever like i like Step Brothers. i like (laughs) all that stuff is great but like one of my favorite films of all time has always been eternal sunshine Mm -hmm. of the spotless mind just because that was the first film to make me realize the potential of just like practical effects and like just how how you shoot things can like affect how someone sees something Mm -hmm. right movie magic And I like, and I I really like that film a lot. And actually, it is one of the first films that I watched that kind of made me think about like film as as like a, an expressive art yeah. form as opposed to something that's just like to be watched. Um, it was also one of the first films I watched with people that didn't get it. That's the first time I realized <laughs> that maybe like you know like maybe something they, we're looking for different things in films yeah. obviously yeah you know but so even then like it's crazy to me to think that like that film probably like couldn't have gotten made unless they got jim carrey mm-hmm. and kate winslet well oh, they had um opening scene jim they had um i mean charlie kaufman had already like had a good yeah, you know run exactly then. like he was like yeah. the indie darling back in those days right and this was probably his most mainstream film after like being John Malkovich, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like ad- adaptation was nuts. Mm-hmm. That movie was. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Mm-hmm. I see. There's so many films. I loved Eternal Sunshine. I own it. It's right over there. <laughs> um, but I I kind of gravitated to, towards uh, like real drama. I guess mm-hmm. as a kid, my favorite. I loved like E. T. Back to the Future. I loved um, Titanic, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. But like the older I got. Um, I just I was drawn to like Schindler's List and mm-hmm. and Shawshank Redemption, like really sad movies, but they just moved me so much that it left such an emotional mark that I was like, oh my god, I just didn't know, I didn't understand, and now I do, and you know, those that, are like the early days of like Oscar bait. The before they became a formula, it's like yeah, people start realizing wait, these types of movies yeah win Oscars. But that's right? that's the kind of stuff I loved younger, and and I've always kind of gravitated. That's why when I said I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be Meryl Streep. I wanted to play like really intense characters that that have a lot of development and a lot of emotional depth. So I still want to do that, but then then Parks and Rec came into my life, and <laughs> I was like, I have to be beautiful. And that's equally thought provoking and very very smart and clever and and but in a light way. And I love that. But anyway, I mean, these uh, one of the movies that kind of like pissed me <laughs> off that more people weren't talking about this year was Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Like, I just saw that this weekend as it's well. So good. It's so good. And then my friend was just like, it's, they're like, why are you complaining? It's too smart for most people to enjoy. And I was like, oh my God, that's so terrible. It may be true. But, and I'm not trying to say that I'm smarter than, but like, I really loved that movie. And I found that very, and when you look at the ratings, like people all like, the people who did watch it appreciate yeah. it, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of eyes that watched it as mm-hmm. much as Jurassic World. Well, I mean, the, the sci-fi geek in me just likes anything that has to do with like our dystopian robot future. See, I'm not even that into that. I just like, I was intrigued at the, yeah. the this film. Mm-hmm. Like everyone just kept praising it. That is a great film. And so I was like, okay, yeah. hell yeah, I'm down for that. And Oscar well, Isaac's on oh my The whole God. film's about like human, like man's hubris. Like Oscar Isaac's, he's the type of character who just thinks they're so much smarter than everyone else in the he room. He was amazing. Right? 
Oh my god. He's like, I'm always in control until like, crap. I created a monster. It's like they compare it to Frankenstein, right? right. Because it's yeah. like right. small man's like yeah. ability to create and then it eventually like destroys them. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think like the the hesitation for audiences is that like you're kind of you grow up feeling like, oh, like movies should be a certain way, you know? And I yeah. remember like I uh I've like guest taught a couple of um like college classes and you know, like, I'll pull the room and I'll be like, like, what are your favorite movies? And, you know, like, people will say, like, oh, like, Star Wars or, like, Forrest Gump or, you know, like, Lord of the Rings. And I think what's really interesting is if you look at it, it's just, like, I remember, you know, writing, like, a list of, like, 20 films down from this class. And all of them were made in, like, the past 40 years. All of them were made in Hollywood. All of them were, like, white people. You know, and it's just like, oh, like, I know you might think that these are, like, this is a really diverse list. But actually, it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's so many other films. And I, like, really hope one day that, like, you know, that, like, you'll ask a kid what their favorite movie is. And they'll be like, oh, it's this documentary. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, but it's so weird. Like, we're kind of primed to not think about film that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, like, it, it, like, I feel like if we were more adventurous as, like, a society, you know, like like in terms happening. of making film. I mean, just yeah. in terms of, like, film as an art form. Like, film being considered an art form it ha- isn't still is kind of being debated right because mm-hmm. for a long time it was just art was paintings art was you know mm-hmm. writing and then nowadays you know we're getting more art films mm-hmm. but then i mean with art you always get like the people that are way too into it and the people who are just like <laughs> anti it right like you I'm get trying to make a dollar or a million you know <laughs> it's like throw some stars in there naked i mean you yeah. i mean you've seen the um the skits were like the super pretentious dude looking at painting like, oh yes i like the strokes of the brush sure it really gives me a melancholy wistful <laughs> feeling or whatever you know and you know that that's how people see people who like appreciate like appreciating art doesn't like it's Not like it's a like cool said, kid no it's, it's 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 just it i feel like being appreciative of like the artistic elements of something mm-hmm. instantly makes you like get perceived as pretentious by a lot of people. Yeah. I I mean, I think part of it's because um, in order to appreciate like some work, like it's actually like, this is what I think is really cool about um, art and and filmmaking is that actually a lot of it's history too. You know, it's like the context and time of it. Yeah. yeah, You know, and yeah. And like, just, I think to appreciate critique, you have to be open to like, other people's point of view Mm -hmm. which is a lot to ask of some people (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and i like like i used to work for an art school um like doing recruiting and it just i just remember going to um like high schools and seeing um you know student artwork and it was really really like elementary it was like really basic and Mm -hmm. it's just like oh like you know these are high schoolers they should be pushed and i feel like this is the state of kind of the education system where like arts funding is being cut and, you know, yeah. and as someone who now works in the arts, it's just like, Oh, like, you know, it's our dystopian future. Oh my God. <laughs> We're gonna, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not robots. It's not zombies. It's art. It's art. <laughs> it's art being just dumber and dumber. That's really sad. But I agree. It's like, idiocracy. We, we can't like the bar can keep being lowered, but however, I think the glimmer of hope for me, the silver lining with 
the democratization of mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can make it on your own and the and maybe even the popular element of that, you know, that that can drive creativity where it's lacking and maybe in the schools, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are children who are consuming YouTube way more than they're consuming film and TV. Mm -hmm. And that will drive for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason they'll start is for views and likes, which I hope that's not. But, you know, that's just the way our culture is evolving, right? Like, that's what's going to create something out of nothing. Whereas before it was done in your classroom with construction paper and a glue stick. Well, I Which think, is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's really exciting that um, people can, the technology is getting to the point where people can make films when they're like kids still, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and I think that that's um, part of why I think there are more diverse voices on like platforms like YouTube. Um, and it's just about trying to encourage that. Yeah. People people say like oh how how are you making your films and, and I and, and they think it's so daunting and they don't want to do it themselves yeah and it's just like guys like I'm not that much further than you like I'm like one short away from you like if you made a short and this this is like I have so many you know people tell me like oh I can't make this film because it just costs too much money and I'm like then make a film that doesn't cost money because people can still see it and still understand like your creativity yeah. from it. Right. Everyone's got a smartphone, you know? Totally. Yeah. I remember, Stuff you know, it's like, I've seen, you know, when I was doing recruiting for CalArts, like I've seen portfolio films made from iPhones that I thought were better than films that like these rich kids from Orange County like <laughs> With the pay red. crew <laughs> yeah. to like shoot their film. I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, like talent you know if you can really foster that it doesn't matter like what you're shooting on and so for me it's always just like don't let the technology stop you yeah you know especially if you have something you want to say amen yeah that's very very true awesome well on that most inspiring note we're gonna call i'm gonna go make a film now (laughs) (laughs) thanks again to andrew on for joining us um you can check out his Short film, Doll, Doll, mm-hmm. Doll, uh, <laughs> on Vimeo right now. Um, you, what's your channel name? It's just Andrew on Films? Yeah, you can just go to andrewonfilms.com um, and then you'll see links to everything. And you can also uh, follow him on Twitter on Andrew on Films. Yep. And yeah, that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Um, for Marvin and Minji. What's up? I mean, bye. I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks no, so I'm much like for joining us. I'm thinking about making my film right now. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, where do I start? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week then. Bye. Bye. Disco guy, excuse me, I heard bang bang, I heard shots. The mean barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreos, I watch the beat.